This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I am the newest little transplant in the garden of Charlie Dobbin, Dean Holland. How are you this morning, Charlie? Good morning, Dean. I'm well, but I almost feel like I need my seatbelt on. It is so windy here. I'm just yeah. like, whoa. Well, I actually have a theory. I have uh, my theory is that all of the snow that fell on my front yard yesterday is now in your front yard. <laughs> so Could be right. <laughs> it's just blown all the way across the province. It is definitely <laughs> moving around. I mean, who could even bother to clear snow today because it's yeah. just going to blow in again, right? Yeah. So, of course, I'm at my home studio in Collingwood, Ontario, and you are in Prince Edward County. And the trusty Carlos is at Zoomerplex. And so, yeah, so during the course of the show, the snow that falls here will zip by Carlos and end up at your place by 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh, uh, well. No how you been? Worries. So um, do give everyone the phone yes. numbers, and then I will, I will jump yes, in with some uh, thoughts about the great backyard bird count. Fabulous. I will do the deed. Yes. Anywhere in Toronto, 416 360 Zero seven four zero, or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, toll free one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Please let Carlos know if you are a first time caller, uh, because we will give you your garden wings well earned. And uh, the mantra, of course, call often, call early, and one question per call, please. There you go. Wonderful. So, so you participated in the bird count, did you? Well, it's actually on right now. Oh, that's right. It is. Right. It's this weekend. Because it started, I'm going to say it started yesterday. It did start yesterday. So it's on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I believe I'm correct on that. Uh, so, yeah, easy, very easy to participate. Um, day like today, I don't know how many birds. I guess if you get into kind of a sheltered or forested area, yeah. it might be possible to count some birds. It's a 15-minute window anytime over the next four days, as many times as you wish. <clears throat> Counting the the quantity, like the quantity, obviously the number of birds you see yeah. in that fifteen minutes, but also the the variety. So being able to identify what varieties are uh, are are flying around. So what is interesting for me is, and I've never seen this before. It, I saw it on Wednesday before the bird count started. Was a flock of robins flew into my backyard. Oh. Like at this time, of, yeah, at this time of year. Well, number one, yeah, I haven't seen robins all winter, though I know we are seeing them more and more in the winter. But they yeah. must have come across from the states because this is a bit of a migratory path where I live. Yeah. Uh, but I've never seen a flock. Like there was at least 
30 or more robins altogether. Really? And did it's you see I, that uh, on one of the days of the count? Like, could you report yeah. that? Oh, yeah. well, technically not. Because I saw, I saw it when it was really mild, when it was it just oh. when all that rain was happening. And right. the birds were like down in the watery back part of my, my garden, uh, dancing and prancing and swimming and bathing and drinking and having a grand old time. But it's just, yeah. I've never seen robins in such large, like a quantity like that. So that to me was quite unusual. Yeah, those robins in the rain. What a saucy fellow, eh? There I you guess. Yeah. There you go. We, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll get to some calls, we'll get to some emails, and we'll get this show on the road. We'll be right back. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back on The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I'm going to give those numbers again. Anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or anywhere else in the province of Ontario. We'd love to chat with you. A toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, Charlie... I was yeah. just going to say, because we would love questions, obviously, any mm-hmm. questions that anybody has, love to hear them, but also tips, techniques, things that are going on, uh, things that have worked well, you know, happy, happy to hear from people. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes people call in and they they enlighten the, the field of gardening, don't they, a little bit? They do. Well, you know what? There's There's art and there's science to gardening. No question about that. Right. Indeed. I've got an email for you, Charlie. Um, This is from Cheryl. And uh, she says, Charlie, um, heard your radio show for the first time today. I met you many years ago at Canada Blooms. I used to be an interior horticultural technician with outdoor images in St. Catharines, but I retired due to an injury. My question is whether I can fix a mistake I made. I purchased a package of hyacinth bulbs last fall, but in the midst of some renovations, they got misplaced. And we're not found until this week. The bulbs are still nice and hard, um, but have an inch of green growth coming up. What do I do with them? As I know, it's too late to force them, um, which I have never done before, but much too early to plant outside, of course. As you, they probably blow away, especially <laughs> under two feet of snow. Uh, we had over four feet last week, and most of St. Catharines, uh, wow. uh, sorry, the most seen in St. Catharines since I moved here in 96, and very cold. Uh, okay, so there you go. Uh, okay, so, you know, this is a great email because this is a great question. It does seem to happen quite consistently to absolutely everybody. Even though I remind everybody in the fall, look around, find your bulbs, get them planted. Don't forget them. Everybody every now and then does lose a bag. So what do you do now? She said they are starting to grow. Now, um, what I would suggest, she said they're in good condition, they're firm, they're alive. So Cheryl, I know you think it's too late to force them, but personally, what I would do if I found a bag right now that the bulbs are firm, they're healthy, they've got little growth starting, I would pot them up. And of course, when we pot up bulbs into a pot, we plant them basically right on the surface of the soil, which is different from it when we go into the ground where we go down several inches below the surface. 
So, you know, whatever you need, a six inch, eight inch pot, fresh, moist potting soil, get them into the ground, into the pot um, at on the surface. So your little sprouts will be above ground, um, <clears throat> above soil level. And then a bit of water, right, just to make sure that you're moist. And then I would go into a dark, cool location if you have that. Mm -hmm. So the dark, cool might be, it depends where they were. They obviously were cool where she had them. But I'm not sure whether they were in the dark or the light. So if they were, if they're green now, they were obviously in the light. Uh, so she might have to leave them in a in that same cool, bright spot where they've been. Uh, and the reason I assume they were in the cool is if they were in a really warm spot, they would be mush by now. So best case scenario, particularly if those sprouts are white because they've been in the dark, is just put them in a bag, dark plastic bag, and put them in the fridge or back to a nice cool spot. So you want them, you know. 10 degrees, 8 degrees, that sort of Celsius degrees. Um, you may not get flowers this year, but still put them away. If they insist on growing, of course, you might only put them away for two or three or weeks or so. Get them out when, if they're really, you know, perking along wanting to grow. Get them in the sun at that point, window ledge. Enjoy them as green plants. They, Like I said, they may not flower this year, but whatever. By letting them grow, they will be, stay alive and uh, fatten up again, and then you'll get them into the garden at the end of the summer at some point in the fall or the summer, and you'll enjoy them outdoors in the spring of 2023. So, you know, rather than composting them, I would certainly try planting them and keeping them going with the intention to get them out in the garden. Okie doke. Fabulous. Okay. I got some callers on the line, Jerry. Let's try and uh, we'll go to uh, Diana in Mississauga I've got there. So um, how are you this morning, Diana? How are you guys doing? We're well. We're well. Are you uh, the, the the snow in my place is blowing right past your place? I think, yeah. Yeah, it is, and it's got piled up on one side of the driveway. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us this morning, Diana? Well, Charlie, I've got a really just quick question, but um, I have a couple of cedar trees on the side of my house, which have been happily growing for about twenty three years. So they've gotten quite tall, and uh, recently the squirrels have decided to use it as a launching pad for getting onto the roof. So now we sort of said, well, we don't really want that many squirrels sort of bugging around up there. So we want to bring it down to under the eaves so that they don't, they can't do that anymore. Um, I'm just wondering in terms of timing, like it, the tree, I would say, well, it's above the roof, right? So um, I don't know. I, I re recall you saying that you can cut off up to a third of a of a plant. So is that true with the cedars? And and what would be the best timing for that? Mm -hmm. Right. So roughly, how tall are they now? Oh gosh, they've got to be. I, I assume you're 20. in a bungalow. Are you in yeah. a bungalow? No, we're in uh, two story. Oh, and above the roof. Wow, so they're tall. Yeah. So they're like 25 feet or thereabouts tall. Yeah. And, well, so the problem with taking the, a third off of a cedar, an old cedar like that, is, um, I mean, it technically should work. I mean, you'd have to go up on ladders, obviously, to do this. And your best time to do it when, when is in the spring, like mid to late spring. I would suggest maybe late May, early June, mid June, depending on the spring. And the idea is that when you take them off, it's going to be very, it's going to be shocking for the plant because that's quite a chunk of plant to take away. Yeah. But and but and the only reason I'm suggesting you can get away with this is because nobody's going to see that blunt top cut off. Like nobody's going to be 
looking down onto that. Uh, it isn't a good thing to have squirrels making a home around your roof or your home like that, because squirrels can really get into nooks and crannies. They'll peel off shingles. They'll get into your attic. They're just real. They can be a real pest. I mean, they don't call them rodents with long tails for nothing. So um, yeah, beware of, of not allowing the squirrels to make your roof their, their fun place. So yeah, I think that that's Pro, oh, either that or I would remove the cedars. I mean, if you love them, the problem, you know, they do get too old and gnarly at some point. So you're probably going to have to take them out at some point just because they won't be doing you any favors whatsoever. Yeah, they still look great. That's the problem. And I, I thought about taking them out, but I thought, oh, gosh, it took them so long to get so tall and they look so nice. Yeah. Now, when you take the tops off, you will uh, cause the plants to get wider. So uh, recognize that. So when you're taking the tops off, be prepared to do some shearing of the sides. Right, right. Okay. Okay. Thank you so, so much, Diana. Mm. Great. That's like uh, that's like every time I get a haircut, I think I'm going to risk getting a little wider down below. So, I gotta be <laughs> so <laughs> we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with some more callers. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I am Dean Holland. And Charlie, I got to tell you, I think we should plan for a special episode all about squirrels on The Garden Show. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard some great stories and problematic things about squirrels since being on the show. I know, and and finding ways to try and keep them off your feeders and your roof and everywhere else. Indeed. We have some callers on the line, and and we do because they have called one of these two numbers, 416-360-0740 in Toronto or anywhere in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie, I got a first-time caller on the line. We're going to go to talk to Donna in Toronto. How are you this morning, Donna? Um, Very well, thank you. Good, you get your first time collar wings. There you go. Hey, show. Hey. <laughs> I feel lighter. What do you got already. for Charlie there? Hi, Charlie and Dean. I'm a uh, allotment gardener in High Park, and mm. last year we had such a terrible infestation of gypsy moth and mm. other critters that I'm wondering what the life cycle of the gypsy moth is, and if it's going to be as bad this year. Great question. Um, the life cycle of the gypsy moth right now, gypsy moth eggs are fast asleep, all tucked into their little beds all over High Park in the nooks and crannies of the old bark in those little recesses, the cracks in the bark. Also on people's homes, uh, in between the bricks, they'll tuck their eggs uh, in into the mortar and then and, and any one egg case has yeah, 100, 200 eggs. And then the whole um, egg mass is covered with what looks like sand. It's a very 
sort of a taupe or, or beige colored coating that yeah, the uh, gypsy I've moth covers the, the eggs with. So that's how you spot them now. You spot them by those egg cases that are encased in this kind of sandy, muddy looking, light brown layer. And you'll find them, like I said, in cracks and crannies of bark and cracks and crannies on your homes. Um, and I highly, highly recommend if you're not out counting birds today or maybe while you're counting birds today, can look for gypsy moth egg cases and have a little tool with you. It doesn't have to be anything too fancy. Um, something that they're very stuck in there. So you need kind of a sharp, even like a fork would work because you don't want to damage either the brick or the tree, but you want to dig out that egg mass, preferably drop it into um, something where you can take it home and throw it and you know, flush the whole thing down the toilet. Uh, worst case, you do just uh, basically open up that egg case and then the, the, the eggs will die. But uh, yes, indeed, they are waiting until the weather gets a little nicer and you know that's not far off. So that's a really great outing for all of us is look for those egg cases and scrape them, open them up. Yes, it was so devastating last year that it was even attacking blackberries and roses. I know, they were all over my blue spruce. They were all yes. over the, every maple in my neighborhood. Yes, they were very, very hungry and um, very effective at causing huge devastation. Yes, so we can sort of expect it again this spring. Well, the thing with, with any insect is... They're very acyclical in their populations. So we've had two peak years. Uh, so 2021 and 20 were both uh, sort of record-breaking years in the GTA and sort of southern Ontario. So I'm not. I haven't sort of stayed on top of what the prognosticators are saying whether it will be as bad or not quite as bad. But the point is, there will still be gypsy moths out there. So the thing to do is just be prepared and remember the BT. BTK, I believe it was. BT is for Bacillus thuringiensis. It's a bacteria in a bottle. And yeah. uh, that was very effective, sprayed on the trees that clearly were infested. Yeah, well, the Parks Department didn't seem to pay any notice to it at all. And we lost, I would say, 90% of our leaves. Right. So the parks and rec people have this really fine line that they tra they tread trying to do a cost benefit analysis. Because remember, when you kill all those gypsy moth caterpillars, you're also taking a lot of food away from the birds and the baby birds because the fledglings are just coming out at that point. So oh, yeah. like baby robins and, and all the insect eaters. So when you wipe out every gypsy moth caterpillar, you wipe out a lot of bird food. Oh, so they do have a predator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Birds love them. And oh, yeah, good. totally. Well, at least that's one good thing. <laughs> right. So that, I mean, I feel sorry for the parks people because, it, like I say, there's, there's cost. There's always an economic cost of spraying and not spraying. And the trees, of course, in the High Park area are very large, very old, uh, yeah. big oaks, like really great, beautiful oaks. And I know I've seen them. They've just been defoliated by the gypsy moths for a number of years, which ultimately will weaken the trees to the point of death. Yes. Well, We've lost so many good, oaks. good luck on that, Donna. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Keep it. Keep us posted in the spring. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Okay, we're going to uh, Mississauga now, Charlie. We have uh, Mary on the line, and good morning to you, Mary. Good morning. I enjoy your show every week, both of you. <laughs> um, I have. I had a beautiful bromelade 
flowered two years ago, and it died. I have two lovely uh, stems, whatever. Will I get a bloom again on that, or what can I do with it? Right, so your original plant died, but two little baby plants grew off the side of it, obviously. I guess so. They look healthy, yes. and I'm watering it. I'm watering the cups most often. Okay. Yeah, um, and of course, with your sharp scissors, always cut out any of the brown or the really dead stuff that was from the mother plant, and then these are two daughter plants growing in the same pot. Okay, you could, yeah. if you want, separate them <clears throat> into two separate pots. <clears throat> Excuse me, but for now... Um, enjoy them. Eventually, you will get blooms if you can provide the right conditions. So room temperature, water, as you recognize, prefer preferably that has sat out for at least 24 hours just to try and evaporate some of the additives from the water. You want the chlorine and the various, the fluorides and those kinds of things, preferably minimized in the water that goes into the cup of the bromeliad. Okay. And make sure it is room temperature and make sure the plant is in the brightest spot you have. You want a nice sunny location, bright window, not right in a cold spot. It's a tropical. It wants warmth. It doesn't want hot air blowing on it, okay. but it does want warmth and it does want brightness. So, and a mister, if you missed it every couple of days, again, that's going to raise the humidity around the plant and, and water will trickle down into the, the rosette leaves as well. So, uh, yeah, just keep doing that. And eventually, you know, call me in six months if it's still not blooming because okay. there's some tips. So I can move it to the east window then, I guess, eh? Uh, if you have a west or a south, it would be even better. Oh, okay. But east okay. is fine. East is okay, too. Okay. Thank uh, you so much. Right. I love your show. Yes, I yeah, listen thank every you. week. Thanks so Great. much. Thanks very much, Mary. Thank you. Uh, quick Quick question, Charlie. You mentioned water. So in the spring and summer months, can I bring, is it maybe better to use rainwater? Absolutely. It's okay. always better, better, better. Water's the, rainwater's the best. Okay. So then in that, in line, that line of thinking, then in the winter, can I just bring in like a, a handful of snow and let that defrost and then put that in as the water? Yeah, but bring in more than a handful. Bring in a couple of pails because once it uh, thaws, it's only a tiny bit of water. But, oh, hey, I know people that actually, you know, they have rain barrels and, of course, in the fall, the rain barrels are full and then we don't yeah. need the water and they'll empty their rain barrels into pails, take the pails down to the basement and then use that water all winter to water their houseplants. Okay, yeah, I have a rain barrel, but I, I did. I emptied it for the uh, for the winter and sort of blocked it off so it wouldn't freeze up and break. and yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah. We're going to London now. We've got Tom on the line. And uh, good morning, Tom. I hope uh, this morning is finding you well. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. A little chilly, but yes. Yeah. Indeed. What do you got for Charlie there, Tom? Well, in the fall, I purchased a few hundred uh, spring bulbs. And as life would have it, I had uh, open heart surgery in October, so I didn't get the bulbs into the ground. And uh, they're sitting on my workbench in the garage. And I was wondering if you had any suggestions as to whether I should bother or what. Yeah, a few hundred is quite a lot. So is your garage insulated? I have these. Are these plants still? These bulbs still alive, or are they mush? Uh, no, they're still alive. So they're firm. Yes. If you, if you went out and felt them right now, they'd be nice and firm? Yes. And are they little tiny like crocuses or are they tulips or what are they? Are they mixed? Exactly, both. Uh, crocus and tulips and uh, assorted uh, garlic, this, that, and the other thing. 
Now, the garlic, you, <clears throat> the best time to plant garlic, of course, is in the fall, but it's not the end of the world if you missed the fall. You can plant garlic in the spring. You won't get as big of a harvest because you'll be harvesting in the summer, like in August. So it'll have a shorter growing life. But at the same time, you can, you know, can always get some garlic into the ground in the spring. The other bulbs, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, right off the top of the show, we were uh, answering an email uh, by some from somebody who had a bag of bulbs. And in that case, I said, pot them up and let them grow in that pot for now. With or without flowers, they're going to stay alive if you can get them into some soil. But if you've got a few hundred, unless you've got you know, a nice big something to plant them into. The main thing is you want them under some soil so they can grow. And the reason you want them to grow is because even if you don't get flowers, you'll get leaves. And when you get leaves from your bulbs, then you have photosynthesis and you have the bulbs being replenished for the next year. So Tom, bottom line is those, those bulbs will not be able to ever be planted as an indoor forest bulb, other than if you can get them into some soil now and uh, encourage green growth. You may not get flowers, but at least you'll get green growth. And then next spring or summer, out into the garden. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you for that. You're very okay. welcome. Yeah, I wish there was a better answer. But, you know, you spend some money on them. So try and keep them alive between now and when you can get them out into the ground with green leaves and not turning to mush or shriveling up. Okay. Sounds like uh, thanks, Tom. Sounds like uh, like Tom could, uh, could go and get a whole lot of pots and do a whole lot of spring gifts for all of his friends. All sorts of force balls. A lot of work, though. <laughs> a lot of work, indeed. Uh, let's uh, let's jump over to, uh, we got Harriet in uh, Toronto. Yeah, let's talk to Harriet. How are you this morning, Harriet? Good, thank you. And you guys? We That's are nice. well. Morning. Morning. I want to ask some more about the bromelade plant. I also had one, and the cups died, and I just cut them down. But I don't have any babies on the side. Is there any chance of getting them? So what is in your pot right now? It's the green, it's green, green leaves. Okay. So the green, okay, oh, what you cut down was the flower when the flower was finished? And what's I guess, left is I just cut green. it after, I just cut it because it had uh, just uh, a couple weeks ago. Right, because the flower went all crispy, right? Yes. Right, so, uh, so what you've got is you've still got the mother plant looking good and healthy and green. The flower yes. is done and has been removed. Yes. Uh, and so what you'll do is continue to care for it as you have been. So bright, sunny location, um, mist it daily, water from it, you know, into the inside with room temperature water. And at some point, one of, well, at some point, some daughter plants or pups, depending on what you want to call them, will start to grow at off the stem of that mother plant down at soil level you'll start to see some very they'll grow from between the leaves so that'll take some time let that happen as it will and strangely enough i had my one of my bromeliads rebloom which i did not expect i always think of them as a single blooming plant they die when they finish blooming daughters come from the mother 
But in my case, not only do I have daughters from the mother, but I have a second bloom from the mother plant, which, like I say, is very odd. Um, so you never know <laughs> what's going to happen. Uh, just continue the care you've been doing. Don't mess around with things like fertilizer. They just want nice room temperature, like nice, preferably rainwater, like Dean was saying. Okay. I okay. don't have rainwater, but I leave the water out for... Good. Okay. Good. Thank you so much for your call, Harriet. Appreciate that. Uh, Charlie, a quick question. Uh, my amaryllis bulb has mm -hmm. finished. And remember, I got two blooms from it, which is not uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my wife, Gail, was asking me the other day. So she you know, brought it off the mantle. It's now on the kitchen counter. She says, so I, do we just toss this now? And I said, <laughs> you know what? I think, I think... I can like re-photosynthesis it or put it outside. I can't remember. I said I need to ask Charlie. So is that is isn't that the one that's in gravel in a vase yeah. with water? Yeah. Right. So um So the bulb's looking a little shrivelly now, right? It's lost. Yeah. So right. I'm not sure what to do with it. Right. So it's lost the reason it's shriveled and it's shrunk is because it used all that energy that was inside the bulb to grow those beautiful flowers. Right. So there's no question the Amaryllis bulbs will shrink by as much as a third after they flowered. But are you seeing green leaves coming out of that bulb? There's still green leaves, yeah. Yeah, of course. So, yes, indeed. Uh, my impulse would be it's going to be a little tricky to stay on top of the right watering with that plant for the next, you know, 10 years. So my impulse would be <laughs> to put it in a pot and okay. let it grow. It's going to be a greenhouse plant right now. So when you, if you do put it in a pot with soil, uh, make sure about the top third of the bulb is sticking out of the soil. Okay. Um, and you may need to trim some roots because it might be so many roots there that it won't fit in the pot. Uh, they do like to be under, like they want to be, in a small pot. So you want to get a pot that's just slightly, well, in this case, since your bulb has shrunk, you're going to want maybe a six inch pot, maybe a seven inch pot at the biggest for that bulb. Okay. Um, and, or leave it in the, in the vase with water, but let it be a green plant. And as you let it grow and the green leaves grow and it gets bigger and bigger and messier and messier and floppier and all that stuff, it is fat. Those green leaves are fattening up the bulb. Once we're frost free, I put the whole, the, the bulb, and the pot or the bulb in the vase outside, um, Eastern location. So morning sun, just leave it in the pot, whatever you've got it in and enjoy it as a green plant outside all summer. And then we'll talk in August about what to do then. Sweet. It'll be one of my experiments this year. There you <laughs> okay. Go. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. We have to take a quick break and then we'll get back to some more uh, emails and callers. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
Yes, welcome back to The Garden Show on Zuma Radio. Yes, indeed, those numbers again uh, calling in uh, for anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or anywhere else in the province of Ontario. It is indeed a toll-free call, one 740 Four seven four zero. Charlie, I have an email that came in a little while ago, actually, from uh, Doreen, who received a gift from her son. It was a, it was a, a key lime tree, and uh, she, uh, I guess, she already has uh, things like a grapefruit and a lemon and a fig, and so he thought that uh, this uh, lime tree that that needed a little bit of attention was going to be in good hands with her. Said something about the. Um, some spots on the leaves, which is apparently how the nursery suggested that it came. A recommended ISD second treatment was past due. 90% of the leaves had already fallen. Uh, she's asking, is this deciduous? Uh, most of the blossoms have fallen. Uh, there were a few new leaves on the branches. Tried watering twice to keep it moist as recommended. Leaves were just falling off green. Um, so she's kind of wondering what to do. Right. <clears throat> not It's not easy. It's not easy to grow any citrus inside. Our homes in the winter tend to be just a little too low of humidity. These are plants that want to be in places like Florida where, you know, it's consistently mild, but also there's a much higher water moisture in the air. So what are you going to do? Um, one of the things I did learn about dwarf, even a dwarf lime tree becomes a very large tree. So, I mean, outside in the real world of gardening in the ground, even a dwarf lime tree can get up to 10 feet tall. So that's just something to keep in mind when you've got a lime tree in a pot inside your house. It does want to get to be a pretty large tree. So a um, couple of things to keep in mind. She did send a photograph, uh, Doreen did, and the pot, because it was a gift, and this happens quite often where the um, supplier of this plant has wrapped the pot in a decorative plastic uh, wrap with usually some ribbons and bows, elastic, something like that, to make to cover up kind of the ugly grower's pot and make it look more festive. So right away, whenever a plant comes into your home with plastic wrapping around it, get it off because you want drainage. You do not want to water a plant have the water go through the drainage holes and then sit in that plastic wrapping around the pot. You want that water to be able to drain away into a saucer and then within an hour or so, you dump out any water that's still in the saucer. So right away, get away, get the plastic wrap away because drainage is super important for all citrus plants. Avoid drafts. I've said this before, no hot, no cold drafts, whether it's um, you know near a window, near a vent, we like windows for their brightness, but we don't like windows because they always have hot air ducts right close to them. So make sure you've got a vent deflector to keep that warm, hot air that's blowing out of your furnace from blowing onto your plants. When you're watering, water carefully. You do want the plants to, in the winter to dry down fairly thoroughly. Uh, in the summer, they'll take much more water. But in the winter, we dry down between watering. So you've got to really get out a moisture meter, stick your fingers in the soil, find out what that, that pot should weigh when it's wet versus dry. Fertilizing is certainly something that is considered uh, um, appropriate because citrus plants don't typically have a dormant period. They want to grow year round. So a flowering plant fertilizer, 15, 30, 15, or any kind of a blooms plus kind of fertilizer mixed up according to directions, only used once a month at the most. 
Um, and as I mentioned, less water in the winter and lower temperatures in the winter for citrus plants. They, you you want to give them Florida. So what's Florida? 10 degrees, roughly 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So, you know, you don't want it's not a it's not a rainforest, a tropical rainforest kind of plant. It's not a desert plant. It's a very much of a grow in the Florida, nowhere near the Everglades kind of plant. Uh, do take it out in the winter if you have any citrus plants in your in your uh, collection outside for the summer. Lots of sun, lots of humidity, loves the humidity and uh, keep the mist on the plant in the winter year round. Misting is great. Increase your humidity with misting. And, you know, I keep recommending this and I actually did it the other day for uh, I have a plant called a rabbit's foot fern. So rabbit's foot ferns are kind of neat because it's a fern, but the roots are furry like a little rabbit's foot. So and the roots grow up on the surface of the soil and encase the pot. And they're really funny, odd looking plants, but they love humidity. So I made a pebble tray. I got a tray. I put pebbles water and i'm keeping water in that pebble tray and the plants are sitting up on top of the pebbles and uh, the plants are looking happier since i provided them the pebble tray so just everybody should consider that if plants are looking a bit peaked in the winter excellent okay got to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with some callers on the line happy birthday to you hey Bye. where's mom going she hasn't even opened her presents well son she just turned 65 which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, we are back, and I have uh, Dave on the line. He is calling from Coburg. How are you this morning, Dave? Hey, not bad at all, thanks. Good. What have you got there for Charlie, my friend? I've got uh, problems with growing seeds. Hmm. What are you I, trying to I, grow? Uh, well, I'm trying to grow onions, alicante, globo, uh, pansies, impatience, begonia, and none of them will grow. I've, I've got them started in a sun-grow promix. Okay. And some of the, like the onion seeds, I planted or I started them all between Christmas and the New Year because they're big onions and they, they take a long time to grow. But they're mm-hmm. not growing. Did they germinate, the onion seeds? They're not germinating at all. They're still sitting there. They won't even look out the ground at me. Okay. All right. So, you know, we we could do a whole seminar on starting seeds, but just in a nutshell, start your seeds in a seed starting mix, which uh, will be a package you buy at your local garden center. It's very similar to a regular potting mix. The difference is that a seed starting mix is a finer, it's been ground up finer, so there's no big chunks. Uh, so the seeds don't have to fight with uh, getting past little pieces of logs, etc. So seed starting mix, number one. Number two, most seeds will germinate faster if they have heat from below or they're in a, a warm location. There are seed starting mats, so it's literally like a... Like a um, uh, a warming pad, heat, yep, heating pad that mat. goes on. Pardon? They're on a mat. Oh, they, they are. are. I, I've seen them off mat. the mat now. 
So like some of the seeds I've had, I've had in for four to six weeks on the growing mat and they won't grow. I put some on top of the fridge in the same mix. Now my latest idea is to grow them in vermiculite. So I've got, I've got some growing in vermiculite. Okay, well, I wouldn't grow seeds in straight vermiculite. You can uh, grow cuttings in vermiculite, but vermiculite has no nutritional value. It'll be very, you, it'd be hard to transplant seedlings from vermiculite into actual soil. I would start them in soil or little peat pots or something like that. Yep. Um, but different seeds have different requirements. Like pansies are a good example of plants that need a cool temperature versus onions which need a warm temperature uh as well it is a bit early it is only the third week of february so if you are starting to grow uh, seeds now uh now it depends right again geraniums begonias you're right those seeds are planted back at christmas um whereas tomatoes peppers eggplants we don't plant those for a few more weeks like those it'll be another three or four weeks before we start the yeah, seeds yeah. Uh, the, the little seedlings will, will just struggle inside our homes if we start them too early. Um, yeah, so it's it's more a question. So you've got them a heat from below. You've got this is clean, sterile, right out of the package soil, I assume. Yeah. And you're just having trouble. And how old are the seeds? Are they all fresh, fresh seeds? They're all they're all fresh. Yeah. One one of the onion seeds, the last date was last year. So I mean, a percentage of them won't grow. But a few will, and I I don't need a I don't need hundreds of uh, seeds. No, uh, and I mean you could about so these are the big fresh ones. seeds. Yeah, you just bought these seeds this year, like they have dates on the packages, I assume. Yeah, because some year, seeds do year. not hold well. Um, all right. Well, okay. um, it sounds to me like you're doing the right things. Uh, if you now, when you've got these seeds in the moist soil in the warm location, you have some kind of a cover, a humidity cover, piece of saran wrap, anything like that, over top of the seed flats. Yeah, yeah they're in a, a clear plastic bag. Actually, each each set of uh, each box. Oh. Okay, but you're going to have to open that. Don't seal that up. We need that gas exchange, so you need that oxygen carbon dioxide exchange. So don't leave them sealed up in a plastic bag. Okay, I'm, I'm on a well. That doesn't make any difference. Shouldn't. I mean, you're right. Wells come with minerals, uh, but generally speaking, they're not toxic to plants. Okay, I thought about going outside and getting some snow and melting that and putting that on it. What do you drink at your place? Do you buy water? Well water. No, well water. Oh, okay, well, so you drink the well, the well water? water? Fine. It's fine for you. It's fine for the plants. Sorry? If the well water is healthy for you, it'll be fine for the plants. Okay. Well, okay. I'm still yeah. surviving on it. I've been on it for a few years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm on a well as well, but we, no pun intended, but we do have water <clears throat> filtration system at my place. So I do not give the softened, softened water to my plants. I give clean, clear uh, reverse osmosis water to my plants. So I, I don't want to give them salt because soft water has salt in it. So okay. unless you're softening your water, do not water your plants with that. Okay, well, I take, okay. always take the water out of the basement and that's straight off the well. Exactly, exactly. So, okay, right. thank you so much for the call there, Dave. Good That's luck great. with that. That's a hard uh, Okay, let's jump to Marguerite in Toronto. Let's just see if she's got a nice quick question for us because we only have a very short amount of time left. Good morning, Marguerite. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Oh. And maybe we've lost Marguerite. Okay, let's jump yes. to Francesca. Francesca in Woodbridge, how are you this morning, hon? 
Francesca? <laughs> and there we go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, I can um, tell how popular we are. <laughs> here we are. Uh, speaking of little seedlings, I sent you a little picture this morning because I had uh, I have a little herb kit that I got from my father-in-law at Christmas, and I planted it, oh, about a month after Christmas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I've got all my little shoots coming up. i got my sage and my cilantro and my – I think I've got some uh, – I've got some parsley in there, some other things. Yeah. I know. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, you're going to regret planting that so early. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was supposed to be for me. It was supposed to be like a winter thing. The whole idea is have herbs all year round, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. So I shouldn't be so quick to say you're going to regret that because they will, most of them probably won't make it out to your garden. But some might like sage is pretty tough. It might. Uh, but yeah, enjoy, just make sure you're giving lots of light because yeah. our windows have all this UV protection and it's it can be quite challenging to get sufficient light uh, onto plants, little seedlings particularly at this time of year. Okay, I do have it in south window and I've kept the Good. dome on which has holes in it for that you know that exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide as you said. But um uh but I was wondering should I now that they're started should I keep the lid off or should I keep that dome yes. on? No, keep the dome off. And oh. I'm looking you sent me a picture. It looks like there's little bits of gravel in there. Yeah, they, it came with a kit. It was just I don't know why. It just came with a little bag of rocks, supposed to make it look pretty, I guess. I don't know. I guess. Okay. All right. Bizarre. Well, looking at your picture, you can see that the stems are pale. You want green stems, not white stems. <clears throat> so the more light, the better. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, thank you for that. And yeah, we are going to have to talk lots more about starting seeds. There's no question. A lot of people are pretty keen to get on to seed starting. We're all uh, we're all itching to get our hands in the dirt as well. So do your best. Resist the urge. Do not start your seeds too early. Anticipate your last frost date and count back from there. I'm not starting any seeds here for another three weeks, and then I'm I'm all in. I'm all in on the seed business, and I'll certainly keep everybody tuned in on what I'm doing. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Dean. You guys are great. Couldn't do any of this without you. Callers, emailers, same thing. Couldn't do it without you either. So thanks, everybody. Get out there, count some birds. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So... Can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.